The horses are at the gate. And they're off. Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to Winning Ponies, and welcome back to a full couple of weeks of racing uh, leading up to the Breeders' Cup. Of course, uh, you uh, know that it is going to be at Churchill Downs this year, so if I'm talking to people that might be making it, I hope to see you there. I should be there uh, working with my friend Jenny Reese as part of her uh, communications team, and uh, I'm uh, greatly looking forward to that, and of course, greatly looking forward to uh, to this week's show. Uh we have with us none other than Donna Barton Brothers. Of course, radio doesn't do her justice. I think uh, you like to see Donna more on TV. But she has so many irons in the fire. I mean, you look at her career, you know, starting out as an aspiring jockey, the daughter of one of the uh, trailblazers, of racing, of course, that was Patty Barton, who was one of the earliest and toughest riders you'll ever be around. And uh, so we're going to get a chance to talk to Don. Of course, you see her on air a lot uh, at the big races, interviewing the uh, the jocks as the, as they return. And uh, she's always great. Her questions are, are spot on and uh, absolutely enjoy uh, seeing her on television. But uh, you know, uh, we'll talk a little bit about Fall Stars Weekend, but man, I'll tell you what, down at Keeneland, the results were all over the place uh, down at Keeneland, and it was uh, uh, both days of racing, uh, not only the 6th, but also the 7th on Sunday, and uh, so we'll talk to her a little bit about the races that, that she had a chance to see down there, and uh, then, of course, she's got the star light and star ladies racing that she works with and this is bringing together uh women uh through her connections with jack wolf and starlight stable of course very popular stable we'll talk about that as a matter of fact uh she's got one in one of the races we're going to be handicapping in the second part of the show i'll get to that in a quick second the name of the horse is take charge delilah and it was a daughter of Take Charge Indy, who uh, is now three for six lifetime with two seconds, and is going to be going in the $150,000 Best of Ohio Distaff. So we'll be talking to her about that. And then uh, she's even got a new gig. Don't whine to me about how many jobs she's got. This is Scout and Seller Wines. And uh, she was so uh, ticked that she couldn't drink for so many years, but she finally uh, found out about Scott and Seller Wines. It's uh, more of a distributor. And uh, she found a way to uh, uh, be able to drink wine without feeling a little bit groggy in the morning. So that's going to be our first guest. Our second guest is going to be one. He comes on twice a year. He comes on just 
before the Ohio Derby, and then we have him on with us um, this year. I guess every third year we have him on twice, but we have him on this year to uh, talk about their uh big races that are coming up at Thistledown. It's what's called the Best of Ohio series. And uh, in in the Best of Ohio, basically it's Ohio's Breeders' Cup. It brings together uh, divisional champions. Uh, well, it will decide divisional champions in both the two-year-old and three-year-old fillies. And then you've got uh, the uh, filly and mare, maybe the toughest race uh, in, the, in the group this year. I did a little statistics on it, and the horses that are in the Philly and Mare uh, Best of Ohio have won over $2.5 million. That's not too bad for some uh, little old homebreds there from the Buckeye State. So we're going to be talking to Rich about all these different divisions. I think the theme is going to be, you know, we've had... Uh, Rivers Runs Deep has dominated the sprint. Mo Don't Know has dominated the endurance. I believe he's going for his third. And uh, those horses have not been as powerful as they have been in years past. So it'll be division to see if the uh, older gentlemen still have it in them. But there's a lot of nice upstarts that are in these races uh, that could uh, throw a screw in the works. So we'll be talking to Rich Ruta about that. Looking forward to it. want to thank, of course, Woodbine as our sponsor here on uh, the best radio show on racing, Winning Ponies. And I also want to tell you, with all of this racing that's going on all over the country, things will settle down a little bit now until we gear up to the Breeders' Cup. But... Uh, you know, you definitely want to pull down your easy win forms from winning ponies. A couple uh, recent wins. Uh, did well at Gulfstream this past week. Had a $1 Super 5 key that paid 2518 And just a couple days previous to that, another $1 Super 5. Did well with those on the sheets this week. 1865 How about Charlestown? Sometimes overlooked. It was about a week ago that we came up with a $1 Super key that paid $1,841. And all the way out in Fresno, $1 Super key paid $1,800. And three dollars. So uh, that's a look at the the the, the guest this week and the tools that we believe uh, can help us. Let's take a look at some of the news. There is just so much of it going on. Uh, starting with our uh, Frankie Pennington, our jockey of the week, two five win cards. So he gets the. Foundation Detox Jockey of the Week, and uh, so he had five races in a single card twice in a week. Think about that. Uh, of course, this is voted on by a panel of experts of the Jockeys Guild and uh, a, a few other expert people that pick out the Jockey of the Week. So on Monday, he won on five of his seven mounts. Uh, the wins were represented four different trainers, uh, combined 10 lengths, and then he returned right back on Sunday to win five races even more impressively, representing five different trainers and winning by a combined margin, listen to this, 26 lengths. 
including an 11-length romp in the card's opener to kick off four in a row on the card. Now, he's one of these guys that flies under the radar. I saw so many people, and rightfully so, celebrating Edgar Prado this week as he scored his 7,000 win. But it was only a week previous or so that Perry Utes, uh Got 7,000, and for whatever reason, uh, maybe dissemination from the press there, um, he did get acknowledgement. I saw his picture in the Blood Horse, but he, it wasn't up for Jockey of the Week, 7,000. But uh, what, what, what can I say? You know, Frankie Pennington reminds me of, of Perry Utes. He kind of rides under the radar. Uh, he, he had 12 wins a total this week, leading rider by wins for the week among all North American jockeys. And uh, he won 124 or 559 starts last year, and he's got over 2,300 career victories. Now, Pennington was ranked 18th by total earnings for the week, uh, and he's earned $63.5 million in his career to date. Now, he is considered a Parks Hall of Fame jockey. He's won several consecutive meet riding titles and, of course, is the current Meat-leading jockey with 118 wins. That's 43 more <laughs> than Michael Sanchez. So congratulations to, to Frankie and, and chalk one up for the little guys. Well, let me take a look real quick here because uh, we still had uh, stakes races going out of Keeneland all week long. I know that we did, in fact, uh, uh, handicap se- several of them. Uh, last week, but we still had them. And let me see if I can't pull down some some quickies here. Well, my producer's telling me, John, you don't have time to pull down some quickies, so you better do the ones that you handicapped last week. Okay, starting out with the grade one champagne, a half a million dollars on the line. Good horses always come out of this race. And this one, it was a son of McLean's music, written by Jose Ortiz. Getting the job done, complexity for who else? Chad Brown. Was odds on in his debut and went wire to wire with a 90 buyer. So, uh, you know, was definitely one of the horses to beat. That was very hard in this very full and talented field. Second at 14 to 1 was Code of Honor, a son of Noble Mission trained by Shug McGahee. And in the third spot was Call Paul, who won the Saratoga Special up at the spa earlier this year. Also at Belmont Park, it was the Hill Prince, and the winner in there, have it all. That's right, David Cohen getting the job for Christophe Clement, a kid's joy on the turf. What a surprise. It was a mile and an eighth. Surprisingly, Raging Bull, the odds-on favorite, did not hit the board. I believe he finished fifth. And uh, in, uh, in the second spot, was Sand Dancer, and in the third spot, Prioritize. Also at Belmont, it was a big week there, as it was at Keeneland, the grade one Bell Dame, and the winner in there, Wildcat, a Chilean bread. Who else? Chad Brown. This horse was undefeated in Chile, came here, uh, hit the board twice in two graded stakes races, but finally, Gets a win and a win in your inn in the Beldame Stakes. In the second spot was the Speedy Divine Miss Gray. And third was Verve's Tail. 
Now, down in the – well, before we get to the bluegrass, we did go with Rich Eng out to the West Coast. And it looks like Roy H. is back to his winning ways. As you know, he was the Breeders' Cup Sprint Champion last year, decided to go over to Dubai, just missed after being off slow in the Grade 1 Dubai Golden Shadine, and uh, came back after a layoff, ran second in the Bing Crosby, got the job done in the Santa Anita Sprint Championship over Distinctive B. Then down at Keeneland, Man, they had a slew of good races this weekend. Uh, the winner was Golden Mischief, up by a head. Florent Giroux, this is a six-furlong dash, the Thoroughbred Club of America. Second spot was Shalon, and third was Vertical Oak. Then the first lady, grade one, on the grass. And the winner, German Bread, trained by, that's right, Chad Brown, got up. Uh, Marty McGee gave us that horse, a raving beauty that took that one down. And uh, second was Donna Brujo, an Argentinian bred. Moving along, the Claiborne Breeders Futurity. The winner in here, <laughs> hope you had it. At 70 to 1, Albin Jimenez gets Nick's go up in the Claiborne Breeders Futurity. At 70 to 1, paid $142 over Signalman and Standard Deviation. That was the long shot Marty McGee gave us. And uh, last from Keeneland, it was the Shadwell Turf Mile. Next, shares Tyler Gaffleone. Man, he's grabbing some headlines these days. Gets the job done for Richard Baltus. Second in that race was Great Wide Open, the Irish Bread. Well, I couldn't do all the re results from last week, but we got most of the big ones in. We're going to take a little bit of a break, and when we come back, uh, we're going to talk to the woman of many talents, Donna Barton Brothers. I'm John Engelhart. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full field with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. 
Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and back with me, a woman very well known in racing circles for a lot of different reasons. As first, uh, she was known as the daughter of, of Patty Barton, one of the great trailblazers for uh, female riders in North America in her day. And uh, since then, she's really expanded her resume. And, uh, you know, you, you can see her everywhere and she's between doing some paddock handicapping sometimes i was recently at a charitable fundraiser down in lexington for new vocations and she was entertaining the crowd showing uh people exactly uh the advantages of the off the track thoroughbreds and they brought out sample and they were donna was there describing all these different attributes of the different horses for the people that probably would have gone over most people's heads and then of course uh, you see her on national television uh, galloping alongside uh, the winners of many many major uh, races and uh, so now she's taken on a new role we'll work our way to that through through that and then also has taken upon her relationship uh, with Starlight Stable through Star Ladies racing and uh, recruiting women to get into the game as owners, which I think is fantastic. And with no further ado, Donna Barton Brothers, how are you? I'm well, John. How are you? I'm okay. I survived uh, the sale I had to run last week, but there's a lot of loose ends out there. And uh, this week we've got our big uh, Best of Ohio series up at Thistledown. I'll be talking to you about that in in just a a little bit sometime during this interview. But, uh, you know, you were at Keeneland. You you got to see some of those races. Knowing you, you probably went and watched some of the replays from uh, Belmont or Santa Anita. Of course, it was just a humongous uh, win in your end weekend. Uh, you know, what are you kind of, what are you looking forward to most at the Breeders' Cup, especially since it's not going to be far for you to drive? Well, first of all, I want to say as a testament to you, I think you knew me back when my mother was riding at River Downs, and uh, I was just a little rug rat running around there. So <laughs> I you've did. Been in the game. <laughs> yeah, you've been in the game for a long time yourself, but um yeah, it was it was um, an interesting weekend, and in some I think divisions, it it supported the notion that we already had of who the leaders were of the divisions, and then in other divisions, pretty much all the ones that took place at Keeneland, it just <laughs> upset the apple cart on just about everything. Every time we turned around, there was a bigger payoff than the race before. I know, and they're all guaranteed a win in your end. A lot of people are gonna are gonna you know flip a page and say. Nick's go? Who the heck is Nick's go? Well, he exactly. uh, he went fast enough to pay $142, uh, trained by Ben Colbrook. Uh, Alvin Jimenez, boy, I hope they keep him up. Let me tell you, I watched this kid cut his teeth at River Downs, and uh, he is one talented rider. Of course, you see guys like Wesley Ward are using him on a regular basis, and I think he's kind of put him into the spotlight. Um, and it, it just kind of, it would be really neat to see somebody like Albin, uh, you know, make it too. But as you know, Donna, the the two-year-old races, anything can happen. 
and I'm sure there's some powerhouse horses on the West Coast, but the baby races this year really kind of look like they could be up for grabs. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we've got a horse like um, Bob Baffert's horse. Uh, I think his name's Good Times. Is that correct, John? That yeah, won the right. um, American Pharaoh Stakes out at um, Santa Anita. He's three for three right now. And um, he, his last race was a win in the grade one American Pharaoh Stakes. And, you know, he's a horse who, especially given the fact that he's trained by Bob Baffert, he's three for three. He's going to be a, a really heavily bet horse in the Breeders' Cup. But my favorite thing about Breeders' Cup is these young horses facing uh, each other from West Coast to East Coast and all points in between for the first time. And I'm really excited about the fact that this year we have, I think they're calling it Future Stars Friday, and all of the Breeders' Cup races on Friday, all five of them are going to be the juvenile races. And I love the babies. I mean, my analogy to that is if you love basketball, you love college basketball, and you love the NBA, and you get to go to the Final Four. And you get to see all the young, up-and-coming basketball players that are going to make it into the NBA. And for me, that's what Future Stars Friday is going to be. We're going to see the future stars of, of American horse racing, and we're going to see how they match up against each other, East Coast, West Coast, and, you know, Midwest. Absolutely. And you're right. I, I think that was a neat concept that they did. Uh, mm-hmm. I just love two-year-old racing because you just don't know if you're, next, if you're seeing the next American Pharaoh out there or not, uh, or if you're going to see mm-hmm. somebody that's going to upset the apple cart. Now, one other thing going into the Breeders' Cup, um, how big of a plane is Chad, Br- <laughs> is Chad Brown yeah. going to need to fly his horses in? This guy is yeah, everywhere. I mean, he even won the the the, uh, the champagne uh, with, with a two-year-old McLean's Music the other day that went from you know a six furlong race with a ninety buyer and stretched out beautifully to a mile. I mean, this guy is everywhere, and, and God forbid you you land a plane with a horse on it from another country because you know what barn it's going to. Yeah, and but I will say I'm not really sure that that horse is going to want to sit the two turns. I, I think he is probably better served around that one turn and uh yeah i'm not really sure we'll have to see if he's going to be able to get the the second turn but again back to the chad brown phenomena is it unbelievable it's almost like seeing the rebirth of like a d wayne lucas or something yeah he's been pretty phenomenal and uh you know his mentor of course was bob bobby frankel and i think he's proven um that he he certainly can train more than just uh turf horses and by the way i looked up that horse i was talking about his name is not good times his name is game winner <laughs> the horse of offered two well, words I, with g <laughs> now i mean if you put your resume together to be as big as the new york city phone book now one one of your roles is working with starlight stable and kind of being i think the the quarterback the coach the recruiter for star ladies racing am i saying that right well, I, you know, I, they have me titled as Chief Operating Officer for Starlight Racing, but I pretty much just I overse- oversee partnership development and client relations, but I also oversee sort of all the marketing and public relations things that we do. And quite honestly, we don't do a lot of marketing. Um, I think Jack Wolf and Lori Wolf have done a really excellent job of running Starlight Racing and now Star Ladies Racing since its inception in 2013. And they kind of, uh, the horses speak for themselves. The partnership itself speaks for itself. But I do try to make sure that all the partners happy are happy. And if 
any new partners want to get into Starlight or Star Ladies Racing, I'm certainly the person that they would be able to get that done with. But uh, anyway, they're just a really great group of people. Well, briefly, I hope to see some of your Star Ladies friends this weekend. I'm going to be up uh, helping with uh, the best of Ohio at Thistledown. You got a $150,000 race with a horse by the name of Take Charge Delilah, who I told you, unbeknownst to you, is a half-sister to two-time Ohio Horse of the Year. Mo don't know who will be racing in the endurance later in the card. No, I did not know that. But, uh, yeah, she's been a real pleasure to have in the um uh, racing syndicate. She um, has won three races now out of just seven starts. And I will say as a credit to Todd Pletcher, you know, he trained her up in New York and she wasn't going to be able to fit with the uh, best horses in New York. And he was the one who pointed out, you know, she's an Ohio bred. There's a lot of races that she would be really tough in in um, Ohio. And so they sent her to Tommy Drury, who's done a great job with her, and she finished second right off the bat in the Vivacious Handicap and then came back and won an allowance race uh, back on the 17th of September. And she's pointed to um, a stake on October 13th that you talked about. Well, yeah, and I, I was there. Tommy Drury is a really good trainer. So tr- trust me, star ladies, uh, your take charge, Delilah, is in good hands, and I'll be up mm-hmm. there. That's ninth at Thistledown. Hey, now, all of a sudden, you know, going through my daily things, saying, oh, look at this. Donna Barton Brothers is taking on another job. <laughs> I know. I know. It seems like none of yours, none of yours could be full-time or you couldn't do the other ones, but now you're involved with this Scout and Cellar Wines, and it sounds like uh, it, it's really something that's going to take off. Uh, what's your role? And tell us a little bit about the wines while I got a couple minutes left. I know. It's crazy, right, John? Like, really? You're doing something else? But... Um, I hadn't been able to drink wine for quite a few years, and I just thought it was wine. I just can't drink wine. It doesn't sit well with me, period. I'm not going to be able to drink it. But then I would go to France or I'd go to Italy, and it's not like I travel internationally a lot. But on the occasion that I did, the wines were fine for me. And so finally I put it all together that it was the additives in the American wines, and so I just didn't drink American wines. And if I would ever have a glass of wine, it would either be from France or from Italy or even Spain. And then I found this. Um, company called Scout and Cellar Wines, and they they coined the term clean crafted, and that's when I realized that there's up to 300 different additives, in Amer- and, and I shouldn't say in American wines, there's up to 300 different additives in a lot of wines, but I saw that. Uh, unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately, our American agricultural system allows more pesticides and herbicides than any other um, industrialized country in the in the entire world. And so we do end up having more additives and more synthetic pesticides and herbicides in our wines. And so it's not that we don't have any clean wines in the U.S. We do. But um, Scout and Cellar Wines actually goes out and scouts these wines and has them double tested in, in two different labs in California. And if they come back clean, Scout and Cellar buys the entire lot of wines and wow. they're housed at Scout and Cellar and then we distribute them. And when I heard about the concept, I signed up as a customer, but after I tasted the first wine, I wanted to be a consultant because I wanted all my friends to know about it. Yeah, I did go up on their site, and they look beautiful, and everything that they said makes sense. Everything you just said makes sense, but the, it looks like they are looking for ambassadors throughout the country, but uh, they couldn't have any 
better one than <laughs> you. And uh, certainly, you know, there's a few people involved in the thoroughbred industry that don't mind a fine glass of wine after a exactly. uh, victory in the afternoon. Well, Donna. Uh, and let's make it re- be clean, right? Let's do it. Keep it clean. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, listen, uh, are you going to be involved with uh, the Breeders' Cup broadcast this year? Oh, yeah, absolutely. NBC's covering it, and um, I'm fortunate that I've started with NBC in 2000, so pretty much every major horse racing event that they've covered since 2000 I've been on. Now, we did have a few years there where ESPN stole it away from us, but it's been (laughs) in NBC's hands from 1984 since its inception, except for those few years that ESPN stole it. Well, uh, one last question. I asked you this the last time I think our audience enjoys is this. Do you have your pony picked out, or how will you get one? I do. I'll be riding Ron Moquette, and and actually, better said, Laura Moquette, Ron's wife's stable horse. His name is um, Sherman, as in Sherman Tank, because he's a big, black, beautiful horse, and he's uh, a horse that I've used quite a few times at Churchill Downs, and he is the best horse. He is just such a sweetheart. He's, as we like to say, bomb-proof, and... uh, yeah, he's a, just a reliable companion for me for, for both days and all the races. Well, Donna Barton Brothers, it's uh, always a pleasure to share the airways with you. Uh, if the stars align properly, I will r- see you at the Breeders' Cup, and I'll be sure to clip off a few pictures of you on your uh, big black machine that you'll be riding uh, during <laughs> Breeders' Cup days. Well, thanks, John. It's always a pleasure to listen to your show and always a pleasure to talk to you and see you. Thank you. All right. Donna Barton Brothers with us. We'll be seeing her on the Breeders' Cup broadcast. Always like to check in with her and see what her next project is. Right now, what I'm going to do is take a little bit of a break, and then we'll be back with my friend Rich Ruda, who I'll be seeing this weekend at the Best of Ohio series. For Winning Ponies, I'm John Engelhart. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. Pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full fields with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com.
You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me, the on-air handicapper extraordinaire from the Cleveland, Ohio area, none other than Rich Ruda, who's getting ready for probably his second biggest day of racing up there on uh, Emory Road in North Randall, Ohio. Rich Ruda, how you doing, buddy? John, you know, very seldom have we ever talked, and I wanted to correct you, but I'm going to correct you on this. To me, it's it's the biggest day uh-huh. at down of the year. I, I'm very proud of the Ohio Derby. We get that race once a year here at Thistledown, but now we get the best of Ohio once every three years. Right. And we get five races. We get five great races. And, you know, it couldn't be any Better said than all you got to do is look at the card this year for the best of Ohio. Man, it's stellar. I mean, it is just fantastic. Uh, I'm excited. I mean, I love the Ohio Derby. I love the Kentucky Derby. But you're getting the five best races in Ohio in one day in a period of three and a half hours. I'm in heaven, buddy. I can't wait. Uh, absolutely. Uh, the first one will kick off at 340. I believe your first post is 140. Now, what's kind of neat, too rich is this uh, because of the placing of the Breeders' Cup and the preps. This is a day that I think people might turn their eye to the state of Ohio and say, "Whoa, wait a second, man! These guys are offering seven hundred fifty thousand dollars." You know, starting off with with, with a uh, a pick five in the fifth race. And what I love about uh, state bred programs is you get to compare apples to apples for the most part. These horses. Uh, except for the two-year-olds, have seen a lot of each other. But do you think this year, and I won't talk about any specific horse, though horses, though you'll probably pick up on it, do you think this could be a changing of the guard? Uh, you know, you're, maybe you're talking about the sprint in Altissimo. I don't know. Maybe that would be my guess because Altissimo right now is the now Ohio bred. Uh, dusted Rivers runs deep a couple times. Uh been, you know, yeah, we could have a chain of guards. I mean, seven-year-old Rivers Runs Deep has been, let's give that guy his credit. That I could be wrong, John. You're much more of, of an authority on this than me, but the three millionaires I remember are Cat Launch, Pay the Man, and Rivers Run Deep in Ohio. And he's he's been stellar. He's been, he's taken his game everywhere, too. Oakland Park, Churchill, Keeneland, wherever Chris Hartman takes him. He runs his eyeballs out. I watched him about two weeks ago at Churchill Downs, and, you know, six and a half furlongs and 116, and he gets beat by a length and a half. That's no disgrace. That that Ohio bred can flat out run. It's going to be fun. That's Kip kicks off the five raises. I'm excited about that one. And, All right, well, the other you know, horse. It gets better. Go ahead. I was going to say, the other horse I was alluding to is our two-time Ohio Horse of the Year, Mo Don't Know, Mo, who you yeah, used to just Mo. see ones 
in his finish line. And Mo, who's now turned five, uh, he is still always there and always guts in it out. The amazing thing about this Jeff Radosovich trainee is he's not afraid to change distance, surfaces. You know, he'll run on an off track. He'll run on a fast track. Um, but he, I believe, has won this race the last two years. He, he has won it the last two years, and we saw him last time out at Thistledown get beat by a Southern Ohio shipper. Let's call it even for Bobby Bennett, who's done a terrific job with that Ohio bred, you know, a five-year-old, and Chelsea Kaiser. What a nice ride. I mean, it was fun to watch that race yes. and that ride. Mo kind of, you know, had the worst of it. He got pushed a lot in that race, but Chelsea come up the rail, went by him. Scott's beat Cat uh, Drift. I think Mo was a little tired, drifted a little, but bingo. You know, got caught at the wire. Is that going to happen in this race? Every race has gotten excited, John. I'm telling you, the uh, you know, it's the endurance. It's good. It's it's what it is. I see those two in a race. I know you looked at the races. Have you found anybody else that you saw in there that can run with those two? Well, I'm not going to move to the best Ohio endurance, Rich, because I want to kind of walk our listeners through the card since it's a pick five. So I'm going to rewind like to. I'm going to rewind to the fifth race, and I do think you put your finger on the the two standout horses. I, I remember Altissimo in his early days, and he was a crack sprinter. And then they said, well, this horse can go long. Well, you know, he, he, he did one or, one or two times, but for the most part, you know, this horse, he's got 11 career wins. Seven of those are at this six furlong distance. So Altissimo is going to be very dangerous. He, of course, tried the mile and a quarter in the Governor's Buckeye Cup, set all the pace, and ended up third behind Mo Don't Know. And we know that, uh, you know, uh, that uh, Rivers Runs Deep, you already gave him his, uh, you know, uh, d- well-deserved praises. I mean, here's a ho- hickory. I mean, he's a horse. I'm guessing he's going to go to stud next year, and I hope he does in Ohio. Seven years old, 44 starts, Rich, with 20 yeah. wins, 12 seconds, yep. five-thirds, and earnings of $1.1 million. He's been very well managed uh, by Chris Hartman, who, as you said, is not afraid to take him out of town. He's had some, he's had some really bang-up races and wins at places like Churchill, mm-hmm. Churchill Downs and Oaklawn Park. So, and I'm telling you what, he loves this old man. Eight starts, six wins up there, Rich. So all I can say is if you're playing some horizontal bets, you better have Altissimo and River Run Deep on your card. Yeah, I agree with you on that, too. And what a good good race to start to pick five. And you're talking horizontal bets, boy. The 50-cent pick five in the best of Ohio's, a flat-out dandy. And if you're on the same page as Chris Hartman and the owners of Rivers Runs Deep, and this is his swan song, 2018, would this not be the race to go out a winner on? Would this not be the race for him to go out a winner on? He's got to run, you know, there's a... Altissimo's going to have a little trouble up front with moves like Ali. Moves like Ali can fly. That's a Jeff Radosevich loot horse who absolutely ran his eyeballs out last time out at Thistledown off a long layoff. He had some problems. I heard about the horse. He had a few little problems. You know what? 
when you can go, you know, as fast as he did last time out, 104 and change for five and a half furlongs on the lead and only knows one way to go, and Louis Colon's a good speed rider, Altissimo could have a little trouble up front early, and you know where Rivers runs deep in a horse called Coincidentally, who probably ran as good as he can run last time out, is going to be tough. Them four horses in there would be four horses that I would think about using in the start of the pick five. And if I'm betting my pick five, you know I'm rooting for Coincidentally, who probably be about seven, eight to one to catch them too. Will it happen? I don't know. Altissimo was cross-entered, John. He was entered in the Endurance. He was nominated for the Endurance. They didn't know what they were going to do. The grapevine said just what you said. Altissimo is a sprinter, not a two-turn racehorse. If he gets his own way going two turns, he's going to be fine. When he doesn't, you know, he knows one way to go, and that's quick early. Good Draws a good post, too, John. Being on the outside going three-quarters at Thistledown is a good thing. Good thing. Good right. way to start the good way to start the races. All right, let's keep this train a rolling, Rich. The John W. Galbraith Memorial. Uh, of course, uh, the, the great founder of Darby Dan Farm. A lot of people don't know that it all started in Galloway, Ohio. And all those horses, after they were born in Kentucky, came up to Galloway, Ohio, and were broken and trained at his training track uh, there near uh, Darby Creek Road. So the Galbraith Memorial, uh, a, a two-year-old filly race, uh, you know, doesn't get any tougher than this. I do notice that the, the highly regarded, totally obsessed, who uh, let's say was upset in a recent allowance uh-huh. race uh, going a mile of Thistledown, I see that Gary Johnson is throwing blinkers on. Uh, so that'll be an interesting angle to follow. Uh, then you've got baby Nina. If you ever looked at her pedigree, man, she is a She's out of She's out of a blue hen of Ohio. Uh, a couple state champions were uh, came out of White Lace Promises, her dam. Now, I guess you got to put a line through the grade one spin away. But her race before that at Thistledown, uh, when she took on uh, Ohio Phillies, she just drew off by nine. But that was at five and a half. We're going to go a mile and a sixteenth. I'm going to shut up here and see who uh, Rich Ruta likes here in the Galbraith hey. Memorial. All these races, 150,000. Seven maidens in here, John. Seven maidens going to post. So that should tell you something. If the words talk, if people are talking around Ohio and they got a nice horse, a nice two-year-old that can run a little bit of Philly, nobody's really scaring anybody off when you get seven maidens in a race like this. You, we have seven maidens entered out of the 14, which really surprises me. I've seen a lot of these horses at Thistledown, John. I've seen Baby Nina. I've seen Drill It. You know, for uh, Bobby Gorham, who's who's been yeah. very active at your sales. I noticed. I, I've been watching the sales, the Ohio Breeders and Owner sales, and Bobby's always. You know, he's a guy. If he goes and finds him and does well with him, drill it ran well. Drill it actually beat Baby Nina a couple back at Thistledown. Totally obsessed with Gary Johnson, another Luch horse. One thing you got to say about Mr. Luch, he he spreads them around. He's got Jeff Rodasson, it's Jerry Gary Johnson. He's got. Cordellano at uh, at Thistledown and also at Keeneland. Now he gives trainers shots with horses. The Tony Reney. Yeah, Tony Reney. There you go. There's another one. And he probably got a 
Guy Towson has some with him. I, you know, we can name a few more. <laughs> Ron's got the horses, and boy, he spreads he spreads them around, and everybody gets their shot. Um, you know, we could go six, seven, eight deep in here. I a horse that interests me, John, in here a whole lot is a horse that is a maiden, and it's Matthew Kintz that owns and trains the horse. Double D's Revenge came to Thistledown. Broke his maiden first time out. Not a maiden anymore. Broke his maiden at Thistledown last time out. And he's getting stretched out today. And I like the I Want, I want Revenge, the sire, for going long. You got Yeah, the, he's young. I think he's really got an upside to him. I think he's got an upside. And I think that, that Matt brought him to Thistledown for that six for a long, five and a half for a long race, just for the, for the case of, you know what, we're going to give him one before the big race and see what he's got. He was training up at Presque Isle all summer and really running well there. Tra- training doesn't always switch over to the track when you're there. But this horse looked good at Thistledown. And there, you know, drill it, baby Nina. I, you got a little distance problem with these horses. They're two-year-olds. I know they've gone two turns, but like totally obsessed went the mile in 142 and 143 at Thistledown last time out. I know he got beat. That's that's not real. That's not really moving, you know. So somebody's going to jump up. I don't know if there's a star in the making for going long, but that's where I'm going. I mean, I'm going to take a shot in this race to go deep and build my ticket around the horse later on in the races that I think will win. I think there is a single coming up in the next race, which is the Juvenile. I've heard so much about the horse. I got to see the horse. We'll see what happens, but that's where I am in that race. I think you got to go deep in there, John. Did anybody stick out to you? No, no. Um, I the mean, Philly, there's, no, there's nothing. You, you, there's nothing. you there's pretty nothing much that says, you ahead, touched buddy. on all the angles. I mean, uh, yeah. if if ever there was a race that was uh, written for a long shot to you know, eliminate a whole lot of uh, tickets. Uh-huh. It's it's this race because there's several horses I like, but will they go the distance? Will the equipment change make make a difference? Uh, we don't know. You know, you mentioned Drill It. I've watched Drill It its whole career, and uh, you know, we'll find out just how far that horse can go. Again, a great respect for Robert Gorm, um, but man, there's some other ones in here. It could be their day to wake up. So that was the John W. Galbraith Memorial. We're talking with Rich Ruda, handicapper from Jack Thistledown, and now we'll move on uh, to the boys' version in here. And uh, it's uh, as far as I'm concerned pretty much just about as wide open uh, because, again, even though horses like Magic Tail is coming out of the Cleveland Kindergarten, um, you know, and other horses, for the majority of the horses in this race, it's the first time they're going to be asked to go those extra furlongs, and we just don't know who's going to last. We, You know, John, we don't know, but I did get to watch Magic Tail both both of his starts at Thistledown. He's been at Monmouth Park all summer with Kelly Breen. Right. And his works at Monmouth Park have been absolutely stellar all summer. When you're first to 57 at Monmouth Park, there's 56 runners up there, you know, on the shores in New Jersey. There's 56 horses out there on the track that morning that you're faster than. You're pretty fast. And I watched this baby come to Thistledown, broke his maiden for fun, 
one for fun in 106 and change, going five and a half, super race in the mud. And who knows what the weather's going to be like Saturday. They're calling for some rain. We'll see what happens with the track. Magic Tail comes back to Thistledown in August in the Cleveland Kindergarten. Very interesting. Gets hooked early. Those are pretty solid fractions. You know, 21, 45. He's going pretty yeah. quick, and he's hooked early. When they finish the race, Alvin Jimenez, who will be aboard on Saturday, who is, let's give him some credit too, John. We've seen him in Ohio, Turfway Park. He's making a name for himself. This kid is really riding well this year. Absolutely. He worked the horse out. <clears throat> he worked the horse out after the race. When they, when they got to the finish line, he kept riding. And I think in their mind was, we got to see if we can go, we, you know, give him a little chance, the horse a little chance to learn about going a little farther. I think they did. He's worked super October 2nd at Monmouth Park, another bullet work. Now, Monmouth's closed. There was only best of 15 that day. But like I said, best of 15 is pretty darn good at Monmouth Park anyway. Albin's done terrific. The horse is coming in tomorrow. Got to talk to Bruce Talisman, who owns the horse. Bruce is a breeder, a owner, a horse, a horse guy. He's a horse guy. He's walking on air about this one, John. This will be my single in the pick five. And I, I, know I love race, it. The, you know, go ahead, buddy. I, I love it, and, I, and Bruce is a great guy. As a matter of fact, many moons ago, Bruce and I actually bred a horse together. So uh, I do know who he is, and I'm in his corner. Uh, the guy does a great job, and he really he really likes likes the game. Well, uh, Rich, I uh, love talking to you, but i got to make sure we get all these races in here. And now we got two we more, go- buddy. We got two more. That's right. I passed a commercial break just for you, my friend. Um, the best um, of Ohio in, endurance, a mile and a quarter. This used to be, this would be pretty much your Breeders' Cup Classic uh, in Ohio. And one horse we alluded mm-hmm. to earlier in the show was Mo Don't Know, who will be going for his uh, third win in here. Uh, this is, uh, with nine, probably one of the shorter uh, uh, fields, man, it's going to be a great uh, betting day. But, uh, uh, Rich, I mean, uh, Mo don't know. He's been there. He's done that. Let's call it even. I really love that ride Chelsea Kaiser uh, gave this gelding the last time when she slipped through the rail with not a whole lot of room. It was, uh, uh, yeah, I can't say ballsy. Uh, it was a very impressive. She did a good job. Yeah, she did. And I talked to her after the race. She goes, she, she's been riding this horse for like two years, uh, galloping the horse in the morning. If you look at all the running lines, you'll see. She goes, I, I, she goes, I, this horse is fantastic. She says, he. the only reason I made that move is because he will do anything I ask him to. And I know this from all the times I've ridden him in the mornings. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if uh, that was her second career stakes win, to see if she could get her third. Uh, we're down to about three minutes, two minutes, they're telling me now. So who you like in here? And then we'll move on to the toughest race at this staff. I think it's those two, John. I really do. The two you talked about. The real reason I think Moto Noah's got a huge advantage this time is there's one other speed horse in that race, and that's on the outside, Pusaichi's Wind. And if you notice, Jeff Rodasevich trains that one, trains Mo Don't Know, Lou Jones and both. The two jockeys ain't going to go at each other early, John. The two speed horses, I don't think they're going to beat each other up, the stable mates. I think Mo Don't Know is the real deal on Saturday. But if something happens, 
I think you're on the right horse with Chelsea Kaiser. All right. It would be a great storyline. All right. The, oddly enough, the endurance is almost always the last race on the Best of Ohio card, uh, but uh, your racing secretary yeah. decided to put the Best of Ohio disc staff as the last. Do you realize, Rich, when you add up the monies won with these horses, these are Buckeye breads, <laughs> they've won $2,547,000. I'd have to say that's a pretty talented field. That's pretty impressive. That's pretty impressive. And we're going a distance now that you've seen this horse more than me, John. You know more about Doug Matthews than I know. Uh, school board press, boy, does this distance look right right in his in her wheelhouse to me. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I, I love her. And I, I know that uh, John Royer, the owner-breeder, is, uh, you know, he just always says she's just running into situations where the fractions have been too low or somebody's gotten her way. But the thing mm-hmm. is, you have to time this horse's finish because what he told me was is if she gets the lead – 100 yards before the wire, she thinks the race is over. So if you look at the last two races, Rich, one by a half length and a head, and this jockey comes down just to ride school board prez, uh, if he can do it again, I'd be really happy for, for the connections. I only got a minute left. Give me your top spots, brother. Uh, in here, John, I'm with you on school board prez. If I was shooting front, I got to see Take Charge Delilah come into town and yeah. with that race. And Ricky Feliciano rode her that day, and she looked beat for a while, I'm telling you. But when she kicked it in, she kicked it in well. Your guy, Johnny McKee, is coming into town to ride for Tom Drury, and I give a lot of respect to those two guys. The third horse in here that I'm using in my pick five, my best of Ohio pick five, is Bobby Gorham's Cali Dream. I know she doesn't match up money-wise on paper with some of these, whatever, but I've seen her run the last couple times. She, she's been on her game, took school board press, everything in the world to beat her two races back. And Callie Dream was 18-1 to 1 that day, and school board press was about 3-1. to 1. So that, those are my three in there. I can't wait till Saturday, John. I know I'm going to get to see you. That's a really good thing for me. All uh, right, as deep as we've got to go. Together. As deep as we got to go in some of these races, maybe we'll split a ticket. My, my producer's telling me time's up. Rich Ruder from Thistledown, I look forward to seeing you on Saturday. Donna Barton Brothers, I look forward to seeing you at the Breeders' Cup. And all the Winning Ponies listeners, I hope to see you at a racetrack in your area. Remember, bet with your head, not over it. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.